great podcast here today i mean i'm very i'm very excited the new year pause the music again oh my goodness so much good stuff for me has happened over the last 24 hours a lot of good stuff ladies and gentlemen my 2023 is already going according to plan for me i'm having a great day today let's improve that on the podcast unpause my music philadelphia in some trouble we'll talk about it also i'm watching carolina barely lose to the tampa bay buccaneers great great news for anyone that has to play up against tampa bay buccaneers this year potentially dallas potentially also philly Oh, God. I'm very, very excited to get this podcast going very, very quickly right here. 24's podcast. All right, all right, all right. Let's, let's just be honest. Nobody cares about Young Jock. Everybody just wants to turn T-Pain up. Oh my goodness. What a great song by a great artist. Legendary song. Shoddy snapping. Shoddy snapping. Shoddy snapping. Snapping it. <clears throat> Where should we begin? Podcast. Today, tonight, we'll begin really with the Philadelphia Now, on Friday, I said, look, I'm worried potentially about the Jalen Hurts injury. And I even said so for the entirety of the week. I said, I'm worried about it. And I'm also, I didn't say it directly, I'll say it indirectly. I'm worried about the Eagles 
strategy here. The strategy being, hey guys, we have one weekend. We have one game in New Orleans where if we win New Orleans, we don't have to play Jalen Hurts for the rest of the season. If we win in New Orleans, or excuse me, if we win in Philly against the Saints, we don't have to play him for the rest of the season. The New Orleans Saints are reeling after a loss to, who did they lose to last week? Let me check it out. Let me check it out. The, no, no, they won, they won the Browns. They beat the Browns barely. I know, I know. They barely beat the Browns, but they beat the Browns regardless. Barely beat the Browns, reeling. The Saints aren't a very good football team. You can go into Philly, home game, home game, and beat the Philadelphia Eagles, or excuse me, beat the Saints, clinch your division, clinch the one seed, rest Jalen Hurts, no pressure, none whatsoever, going into the final week of the season. You rest Jalen Hurts, please tell me this is not going to happen. Please tell me, for the love of Christ, that this is not actually happening in Carolina. Okay, Carolina was running some lateral passes, and it looked very promising for the Carolina Panthers. The Carolina Panthers just lost 24 to 30. They got across midfield with their their lateral play, and I was like, please do not tell me that this works. And it didn't, thank God. Going back to the Eagles, and my discussion throughout the entirety of the week, I said, look, I'm worried for the Eagles if they don't play Jalen Hurts on Sunday. And the reason why I'm worried about the Philadelphia Eagles is for precisely, or was for precisely what happened today. Eagles lost. And instead of resting Jalen Hurts next week and the week after, and the week after that, and not the week after that because that's the start of the playoffs, but for the next really three weeks, you'd rest them. Now you may have to put Jalen Hurts in a very, very vulnerable position as the quarterback for the Philadelphia Eagles. Because again, he's hurt. He's hurt. He didn't play today. And next week, you'll probably say, hey, Jalen, can you, can you shoot something in your left arm and eventually help us out? I don't know. I don't know why they didn't play him today. If he is so healthy, I don't know why they didn't play him today. You hope that he plays next week if you're the Philadelphia Eagles. But literally exactly what I thought was going to potentially happen today. I didn't think it was going to happen, but I thought obviously like like there was a chance that it could happen, but I didn't take it seriously. I don't think anyone did. And the exact same thing that happened today that I thought was going to happen, that was a worst-case scenario, happened. The Eagles lost against the Saints in a horrifying football game. Their offense was out of whack. Their offense couldn't pass-protect against the Saints' defensive line, which is terrible. I said, I said it before, I'll say it again, Lane Johnson is a very important member of the offensive line for the Philadelphia Eagles. Philadelphia, I think, gave up two sacks in the opening drive. And then it was downhill from there. Let me check the... uh, the box score. Let me see how many sacks they gave up. They gave up six sacks on the day, folks. Versus, I think, the one to zero that they gave up against the Cowboys. Let me check up, check out the Cowboys game. They gave up zero against the Cowboys. Excuse me. They, I want to be disrespectful for Lane Johnson. That's the Lane Johnson effect. Zero sacks one week last week against 
One of the best, most ferocious pass rushers and pass rushing teams in the NFL, second only to Philly. Zero against that defensive line. You gave up six today. Lost the game. Are you going to play Jalen Hurts next week? I don't think you can because it gets rough in Philly. They were booing Gardner Minshew. Remember how everybody was like, oh, Gardner Minshew, he's, gonna, he's, he's a great quarterback. <laughs> Dallas almost lost to Gardner Minshew. Remember that? Everybody was talking about Philly. Oh, I can't wait to see what they're going to talk about tomorrow. Oh, I can't wait to see what people are going to say tomorrow. Oh, I can't wait. What are they going to say? We'll talk about it. Gardner Minshew has a great game against Dallas. And like Dallas, Philadelphia came out slow. They came out sluggish. But it's worse than Dallas because Dallas was on a short week now. Dallas was away. Philadelphia went home. They were on a longer week. They came out slow. They came out sluggish. They came out unprepared. The Saints tried to do everything in their power to give this game back to Philly. Everything in this game. Everything in their power to give this game back to Philly. And they still won. At home against the Eagles. Worst case scenario, you don't clinch this week. Some people are like, well, they're going to clinch next week. Josh Sweat had to be carted off the football field with what looks like a horrendous injury. He may be done for the season, but I'm not even concerned about the season when it comes to Josh Sweat. I'm more concerned about his long term health. He had to be restrained. It was horrible. I didn't even see the... I, I don't know how he got injured, but he got injured. He had to be carted off the football field. He was immediately transported to a hospital in Philadelphia. That's an absolutely horrendous injury for Josh Sweat. But if we have to talk about football, it is a horrendous loss to the Philadelphia Eagles. He is their second leading sacker on the football team. And he was the guy that... Got the pick six on Dak Prescott last week. That's who Josh Sweat is. It's him and Hassan Reddick and Brandon Graham. Those are their three top pass rushers. He's their second best. Hassan Reddick is their first. And I didn't like the way that Philly was playing Hassan Reddick. They were dropping him in and, in and out of coverage against Chris Olave. It was not very good, folks. Not very good. Secondary was absolutely suspect suspect, excuse me, all day long. The Saints could not consistently take advantage because the Saints are very, very bad. They are very, very stupid. They are incomparably just... What's the word that I'm looking for? Incomparably useless. Forgot the word, but they are just useless. Billy lost. Next week, they go. They stay in Philly, and they go and they play up against the Giants, who just hung up 38 points against the Colts. Kavion Thibodeau had a day against Nick Foles, celebrating right next to Nick Foles as Nick Foles is hurt. Zizo Ojolari, Leonard Williams. Giants are starting to peak. They smell blood in the water. They clinched a playoff seed, I think. They may not even be motivated. We'll see what happens. We'll see as the week goes on. Don't worry. We'll see. No Thursday night football game this week. We'll see what happens. The reason why I'm focusing so sharply on this football game for the Philadelphia Eagles, the reason why it's easily the most important game 
that happened this weekend is simply put, we're talking about the one seed in the conference. Not just the one seed in the NFC East, the one seed in the conference is up in the air. <laughs> Dallas smells blood in the water. And the sharks are starting to circle. I got a question for you. Is Jalen Hurts playing next week? Is he playing? Is he playing? Let me plug in my computer first before I continue. Hold on. I mentioned earlier this week, on Friday, I mentioned, and I talked about Dallas. It may have been Friday, it may have been Wednesday. But I talked about how Dallas over the last 20 years has been really inconsistent at qualifying for the playoffs and how one of the stigmas that they have finally gotten rid of is their inability to make it to the playoffs. They've been to the playoffs now twice in the last three years. Everybody's like, oh, Super Bowl, Super Bowl. They just keep moving the finish line further and further back. But God damn it, if you told me 10 years ago that the Dallas Cowboys would have won 12 games, two consecutive years, I would have. <laughs> Let me tell you something. I would have blown. I, I would have freaking, oh my God, I would have been very excited. Would have blown my mind. Ten years later, maybe not even ten years later, but 2022, now 2023, winning 12 games two years doesn't really matter that much. It's only about the playoffs, which to me is absurd, but okay. Considering that some guys aren't even going to make it to the playoffs. Okay, again, okay. But one of the huge stretches where Dallas just didn't go to the playoffs was when Jason Garrett was the interim head coach for a year, and they went like 6-10. and 10. And then also when... Okay, I'm watching the Packers versus the, uh, the Vikings, and the Packers went three and out just after... The Vikings went three and out, and then the Vikings just blocked the Packers' punt, and it looks like the Vikings will start their next drive within the five of Green Bay. Really, it's within the one. Going back to the Eagles and the Cowboys and how this game relates to the Cowboys. Ten years ago, Jason Garrett becomes the interim head coach, absolutely stinks up the joint, but not as bad as Wade Phillips. He then proceeds to have three back-to-back-to-back eight-and-eight seasons where he loses the final game of the year. Loses the final game of the year. All you have to do is win against your divisional opponent, ladies and gentlemen. And then you win. You go to the playoffs. Jason Garrett couldn't do that for three years straight. After that, he should have been fired. Jason Garrett, moron. Not Jason Garrett, excuse me. Jerry Jones, excuse me. Moron. Speaking of morons, hold on. The Vikings just tried to run a goal line passing play, like a, a passing play on the goal line. It's your first and goal at the one. Run it. Run it. At the very least, put up a bootleg. Like, what are we doing? It's like, I, I, I got to complain about this. Give me like, no, uh, no I, I'll, I'll save my frustration with the Saints. And now the Vikings for a little bit. Hold on. Justin Jefferson. They got him isolated. They're motioning him. Okay, what? It's a, it's a handoff, but it's just like, wait, what? Like, they had him isolated one-on-one on the outside. 
What? What? They had him isolated one-on-one, -on -one. they bring him back as like a pre-snap motion, and then they hand it off to Dalvin Cook and they didn't bite on it. What? Now, I, this game has my full attention. Hold on, I gotta see. And now a Vikings offensive lineman just gets hurt. I will complain about the ineptitude of the Saints offense and now the Vikings offense here in a couple of minutes, but I gotta talk. It looks like it's the center for the Vikings, but I gotta, I gotta finish my, my thought on the Eagles. And how Jason Garrett lost a bunch of games 10 years ago, three consecutive seasons, eight and eight, eight and eight, and eight and eight, lost the final game of the season against a divisional rival that would have propelled them into the playoffs. Old Dallas would have lost consistently over the course of the last couple of years. Dysfunction all around. Dallas is like, we don't care. We'll figure out a way to win. Gotta have it games. They need to have it. The margin of victory here for Dallas and the one seed is very, very small. It's very, very slim. It's okay that they didn't get the one seed this year. They won 12 games. They're about to win 13 games. For Dallas to get the one seed in the conference, they would have had to win 14 games. If you're going to be like, Dallas has to win 14 games to get the one seed, you're a moron, you're an idiot. Usually it's 12 to 13. Let me show you something here. 12 to, oh, you don't believe me? It's 12 to 13? Guess who's the one seed right now? The Bills are the one seed with 12 wins. They could get the one seed probably locked up if they win today and next week. So they would have to get like 14 wins, I know, but it's 12 to 13 really on average. The, the Bills and the Chiefs have had two great years. But the Eagles and really the Cowboys a decade ago would have absolutely fumbled the bag when it comes to the one seed here. They would have already have been eliminated. The Eagles, though, this will be such an interesting week for Philly. And whether or not they can continue forward here with the success of the football team, with the success of the franchise here. Do they beat the Giants next week, knowing that the Giants potentially, and I don't even know what the Giants are going to do, to be honest with you. The Giants may play all of their, may, they may play next week, they may not, I'm not sure. They're 9-6-1. They've qualified for the playoffs. They're in. You don't do anything, let me check. Does anything happen if they win next week? Let me check, hold on. <clears throat> I don't think so. Did they beat the, the, uh, the Lions this year? No, they didn't. So they could, okay, so they do have something to play with next year. Or not next, next year, uh, next week. If the Giants lose, oh, no, 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 no. Because they're 9-6-1, and one, it doesn't matter. Yeah, they're 9-6-1, and one, it doesn't matter. The reason why it doesn't matter is that, I just saw the Vikings play. I'm all over the place, I know. I have multiple different stimulants. It's like I gotta look at the uh, the freaking box score, but I mean, the Vikings just twice have Justin Jefferson isolated in the red zone, and they don't, and their blocking scheme just doesn't protect Dalvin Cook, and uh, there's pressure on the inside, and then Dalvin Cook gets tackled for a loss after a great bat. How do you not score from the one-yard line? How do you not score? You know, Peyton Manning... He said something interesting. He said, and I remember it was when I was watching the Manning broadcast, he said that if we can't score on the one-yard line in four attempts, really this is three attempts, but still, if you can't score on the one-yard line in three attempts, you don't deserve to win the football game. 
You can't get one yard. You can't get one yard, man. Wow. Wow, 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 wow. Three to zero is the score, but if you're Minnesota, you feel horrible. If you're Green Bay, you feel fantastic. Sorry. Sorry that we've bounced around a lot over the last couple of minutes, but my point overall with the Philadelphia Eagles, Jesus Christ, what is going on? What is going on? There's one minute, 34 seconds left in the first quarter. The 49ers are down to the Raiders 10 to 7. What is going on? Sorry. Again, I'm overstimulated and I'm sad. I don't expect you to understand. That's Machine Gun Kelly. I apologize. Sorry. The TODR with Philly is that Philly is in trouble because they could go up against a divisional rival next week with Jalen Hurts, who is hurt, without Landon Dickerson. Not Landon Dickerson, excuse me. Without Lane Johnson. And potentially now Josh Sweat. Well, hopefully he's okay, but we'll see what happens with Josh Sweat. A lot of guys are hurt. Huge pieces on their offense and defense are hurt. And their secondary is just a mess. Just a mess. So the Eagles long-term are in trouble. And then on top of that, you got Dallas in the hunt. You got Dallas hunting on the warpath. They're getting ready to go. They're hunting. They smell blood in the water. It was imperative that they win this game. What? How does that even happen? I'm sorry that I'm constantly cutting out, cutting in and out, cutting in and out, switching topics over and over and over again. It's just, I cannot cannot believe the absurdity of this game. Green Bay, the Vikings go three and out. I don't think the Vikings should have gone three and out. Green Bay goes three and out. They freaking, the Vikings block a punt. And then the freaking Vikings can't even get one freaking yard to save their lives. And then somehow, some way, the Vikings just absolutely just let a, a, a freaking returner run straight through their special teams. Didn't even have to do anything special. Literally made one cut. He made one cut. Ran straight through the de- the freaking special teams of the Vikings. What cut? What cut? What cut? Ridiculous. Now it's seven to three. I said if you if you're a Packers fan, you you're juiced up. You're a little bit excited after stopping the Minnesota Vikings on the one yard line, and then the freaking Minnesota Vikings will be like, "Hold our beer, twenty four. We got something really special to show you, and it's just an absolute despicable display of just mediocrity by the Minnesota Vikings." Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers have played like crap all season long, and teams are just letting them in. Just give them a free pass. Hey, Kevin Stefanski, bench your freaking football team if they don't want to play. If they haven't come to play, bench them for the playoffs. It's a joke. It's a joke. Sorry. Goodness gracious. I, I see it as it, I'm, I'm watching it as it happens. I apologize. Eagles are in trouble. Now they potentially have to... My point overall with the whole Eagles thing, and it's... The train is off the tracks. We're now in an accident. We've... Like, we we freaking... All of the... 
all of the tra uh, what are what are they all of the um the wagons the uh, I don't know what they're called the train carts are now like off the rails. We've now had a, tw a ten car pile up thing. It's a terrible accident. This podcast has completely flown off the rails. I apologize, but I'm worried about the Eagles. We'll see the status of Jalen Hurts here in the next week. He threw one time last week. We will see. Gardner Minshew is not welcome in Philly, and the worry for me. When it comes to the Eagles, if they lose this next game, or not even if they lose it, if they get off to a slow start in this next game against the Giants, oh my God, it is going to be hellfire. Hellfire for the New York Giants. Not for the New York Giants, excuse me, for the Philadelphia Eagles. Because they were booing the crap out of Gardner Minshew by the time it was the second half. If he did anything incorrect by the time, not even the second half, really second, second quarter rolled around. If he did anything incorrect, if he missed a pass, and he was missing passes, you could see his confidence be completely and utterly shattered. He was looking like Sam Darnold. I, I looked at his statistics. I was like, he's got great statistics. I was like, why isn't he, why isn't he more? And then he, I also saw him play up against Dallas, and I was like, why isn't he getting more looks? Now I understand it. He's not very good. Long term, he's not very good. Week to week, he's not very good. For everybody that's like, I think Darnold mentioned and that's hard. I think Darnold mentioned and that's he lost to Taysom Hill and Andy Dalton today. He lost to two backups. Wasn't just good enough to lose to one. He lost to two. Couldn't find A.J. Brown. Got pressured. And when he got pressured, he started to freaking see ghosts. I could see him looking around for, for pressure. I could feel him trying. I could see him trying to feel out what was going on in the pocket. And then seeing things that weren't really there. I saw him not having any sensitivity for when pressure actually was there. And he was rolling to his right or rolling to his left. There was this play where he was rolling to his left and he was in front of a defensive lineman that was on his heels. So he just didn't see him. He was hard sprinting left. He thought he had time. He had no time. He slid. He got sacked again. Ridiculous. It's going to be an interesting and interesting week this next week in developments super super important football games folks coming up very very shortly very very short oh god it's such like it's so like the vikings if they lose today a little bit of context about the vikings they beat the crap out of the patriots week one i was like oh i'm completely and utterly wrong about the vikings and what they're capable and able of doing then it's like First play from scrimmage on the next series after they go three and out. TJ Hawkinson slips and falls on the turf. What a joke. What a joke. Justin Jefferson, I don't even know how many targets he has. Wow. Wow. Everything is going wrong with the Vikings. Like a bobbled snap or a weird snap. CBS was showing me Justin Jefferson instead of showing me the freaking snap. And so it looked like Dalvin Cook or... It was supposed to be a direct snap to Dalvin Cook or something like that. I don't know what happened, but it was a bad snap. Again, they have a backup center. Not very good. What the fuck happened? Oh, Kirk Cousins just freaking butterfinger hands. Just couldn't freaking catch the snap. Something as basic as catching a snap. He had his hands out. Kirk, you know you have a backup in. Catch the snap. I saw Dak Prescott play with a freaking guard who's substituting as his freaking center 
TJ Hawkinson drops a 30-yard bomb by Kirk Cousins, and it was a beautiful bomb. Oak. Joke. What a disgrace. Oh, my goodness. And maybe it was a little bit out of his reach. Ugh, sorry about that. We're supposed to talk about the early afternoon games. My bad. I apologize. Ugh, goodness gracious. By the way, finally, finally got some earbuds. I'm really, really excited about some. I didn't even know what they were. I just like I saw some reviews for them and I saw people talking about them and I saw that people were saying, oh, these are great earbuds for the sound quality. I was like, ooh, let me let me look in on them. Let me see. Let me see what they're all about. So I got them. Here's to me. Go, go me. I was interested in buying Raycons because I constantly kept on seeing Raycons being advertised by a bunch of content creators. Apparently Raycons are very, very bad when it comes to literal earbuds that are at that exact same price. So there you go. Wireless ear. So we'll see. We'll see. Anyways, moving off of Philly, because we'll be able to talk about Philly more, more throughout the week. And we'll be able to understand and know what their plan is, what they're planning on doing throughout the week. I'm super excited to see what's going to happen. Goodness gracious. Super, super fun week for me. Also, let me talk about the Saints here. Saints were a disaster today. I know they lost, or they won, excuse me, 20 to 10. Holy Christ. The Saints should have been able to have put away the Eagles quicker and sooner. And I'll be the one to say it. The Eagles have a secondary problem. Their scheme is terrible. It leaves, I've talked about it for about a month, maybe a month and a half now. The Eagles secondary leaves so much for so many guys that can work on the inside and up the middle of the field. It's exactly how Dallas took advantage of them last week. It's exactly how the commanders took advantage of them a little bit over a month ago. It's kind of how the Saints took advantage of them today. We're literally... Chris Olave on that first drive, easily their best drive offensively all day long. Chris Olave and Andy Dalton were shredding them. Then for some stupid reason, the Saints were like, we got to get Taysom Hill involved. We got to get Alvin Kamara involved. And then their offense slowed down to a crawl, but they inevitably scored again. And uh, not by their offense, by the way, by a pick six by Marshawn Lattimore. So go Marshawn Lattimore. But still... Their offense really could have and should have been significantly better if they were like, we're going to, instead of running the football or having Taysom Mill have, uh, have, these, have these fucking short yardage, yardage runs and we're going to try and get Chris Olave going here instead of doing anything like that, instead of, uh, instead of just doing all of the things that they did today, they could have just and should have just thrown the football a bajillion times to Chris Olave. They were throwing it to guys who I don't even know who they are. But they still won the game. Chris Olave had four receptions, 42 yards, maybe five targets. One of them was an interception, which wasn't even his fault. Andy Dalton threw a bad out route. And I'm like, dude, you can't throw an out route when the coverage is like that at all. You can't throw an out route when the DB is literally sinking under and, and Chris Olave is literally running out of space. You can't do that. He's literally at the boundary and you've like, you've essentially screwed him. It would have to be the perfect of perfect passes. And Chris Olave isn't tall enough to still get his feet in bounds. I don't know what Andy Dalton was thinking when he threw that ball. 
But yes, he threw an interception on a drive that probably should have been a scoring drive. <sighs> yes, it's... Andy Dalton's annoying. Like the Vikings, man. I talked... Dude, how many times have I said that the Vikings are an overrated football team? And you know what? Who knows? Maybe they'll make a comeback here today. But right now, they are getting freaking destroyed on national television. It's 7-3. Packers. Packers are walking up and down the football field against the Minnesota Vikings. Like second and one at almost the 40 or the 30 of Minnesota. And Minnesota just has no answers for Aaron Rodgers. They don't have answers for freaking A.J. Dillon and Aaron Jones. And a lot of people are juiced up about the Packers because potentially the Packers could go to the playoffs after sucking all season long. And by the way, do I think the Packers are going to be a threat in the playoffs? No, I don't. But the Packers are, I mean, they're okay. I don't think Aaron is playing all that well. And I think that it's really Christian uh, Watson. It's like, if you stop him, you essentially stop the majority of the Packers offense. God, man. To see that the Packers have been kind of crappy all season long, and to see that they are potentially about to be rewarded because of the ineptitude, the inadequacies of the opposition, annoys me. Annoys me a little bit. Vikings, by the way, are already 0-3 on third down. They are already 0-3 on third downs. That's fun. So fun. Darius Smith just missed an easy tackle, but luckily, there's like a bajillion Vikings that came down and made the tackle. I was just, I was just about to say, I was like, oh God, it should have been for like an eight-yard loss. I mean, not an eight-yard loss, but like a five or a six-yard loss. And freaking Zadarius Smith really should have made that tackle, but oh my God, he did not. Sorry. Going back to the Saints. Saints are bad. Saints coach, Dennis Allen, is very bad. I'm shocked. I'm shocked that he is... I, I, I mean, apparently, I was reading this article today because now the NFL Network is like, well, we'll release all of these articles on Ian Rappaport's Twitter account. We'll release them all. And every single one of them, I think one of them was about five coaching situations in five different places. Was one of them? No, it wasn't about, uh, it wasn't, it wasn't in reference to Dennis Allen. Maybe it was. I don't, I don't remember. But apparently the Saints are moving forward with Dennis Allen, which is <sighs> stupid. So stupid. Just <sighs> so stupid. Oh my God. But anyways, we'll, we'll see what happens here. With the rest of these teams here in a couple of minutes. Or not in a couple of minutes, but in a couple of weeks. With some of these teams that need head coaches, by the way. Sorry if that wasn't clear at all. Oh my god. Some of these games are just so stupid. Some of these teams are just so bad. Hold on. Packers are going for it on fourth down, and they didn't... Oh my... My God, they didn't get it. And not only did they get it, it's way worse for them because Aaron fumbled. Aaron fumbled the football. The Vikings recovered it. They get an additional 10 to 15 yards. What the fuck am I watching? Wow. 
And they miss a face mask, by the way, on a defensive tackle. That's how Aaron got bottled up. They missed a clear-cut face mask. I don't know how they missed it. Vikings recover regardless. What a joke. Wow. Was his knee down? Knee was down, but it didn't look like he had control over it. Eh, eh. Debatable. Oh, God. I'm just, I'm just stunned. Stunned. At like, at how bad the Vikings and the Packers are. Stunned. And it's, these two teams are potentially playoff teams. Wow. Wow, 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 wow. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Wow, is TJ Hawkinson bad? They've thrown the football to TJ Hawkinson like three or four times, and he has dropped like two passes. I like I don't understand it. I remember Shannon Sharp. And I'm just watching this game and I'm commentating uh, commentating on it. I was watching I was watching Shannon Sharp talk about TJ Hawkinson and he was talking about how like he understands why the Vikings traded Hawkinson. I mean, Hawkinson is not very good. He really isn't. It's like he's a tight end who's big, who's strong, and who can't catch. It's it's insane watching TJ Hawkinson play. And then Justin Jefferson gets interfered with, obviously. Oh. Justin Jefferson gets interfered with, obviously, by Jair Alexander. And then the, the, uh, the pass gets incompleted. And after Jair Alexander gets up and freaking does the gritty in front of Justin Jefferson. That was, all right. I was like, that was pretty awesome. All right. Anyways, God. this game is such a, like, this game is a, is a fucking train wreck just happening in front of me, and I cannot take my eyes away from it. Another pass that's completed short to TJ Hawkinson. It's just like, finally, TJ Hawkinson. Justin Jefferson gets one, one target. TJ Hawkinson gets four. I don't understand it. Like, it's the exact same thing that happened to Chris Olave earlier today. Like, the Saints, after that first drive, were so committed to not targeting Chris Olave. They were so, so dead set on targeting tight ends and other wide receivers that were not as good as Chris Olave. And Chris Olave is their best target on the football team. It was ridiculous. Oh, no. Now the Vikings are going for it on fourth and three. Uh, let's see it. It's a direct snap to Cousins. He throws it over the... God, no way. Oh, my God. Oh! Oh! oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh my god. I I just oh, oh my god. I may actually have to watch I I I may have to turn this game off. I may have to turn it off. Kirk Cousins 
just threw an interception because once again, Butterfingers himself, TJ Hawkinson, can't freaking catch the pass on fourth and seven. You would think that they would target their fucking wide receiver and Justin Jefferson. How, like, I, I don't understand it. I, I, I really don't. It's amazing to me that offensive coordinators are like, I have Justin Jefferson. I have TJ Hawkinson. I have Adam Thielen, but do you want to know who's going to get the most targets? Out of all of those players that I just named to you, TJ Hawkinson is going to get like four targets. What is going on? Oh my God. It's, it's an absolute embarrassment of epic proportions. And it like rub routes, some screens, anything. You targeted TJ Hawkinson like twice or three times. Are you insane, Kevin Savansky? Insane. After TJ Hawkinson literally showed you that he cannot catch a pass today. Oh, God. I'm weak in the knees. Oh, my goodness. I just, you know what I want to do? I just want to end the podcast here. Mm -hmm. I just want to end the podcast here. I can't. I know I can't. I have, we have a lot of stuff to talk about. We have a lot of stuff to talk about. But oh my goodness. How do you screw this up this consistently? I'm like, there's no, I, I'm like, first and foremost, I was like, just kick the field goal or kick or, or boot it away. Take the punt. You know? I'm like, your offense has been struggling all series long. The only reason why you're in that field position, the only reason why you're in Green Bay territory is literally because your special teams, not your special teams, excuse me, the Green Bay Packers went for it on fourth down. And I'm like, their offense was stagnated as well. Like, take a lesson. Take a, take a fucking lesson. Observe your opponent. Learn from their mistakes. Why are you going for it on fourth down when your offense has been stymied and stagnated all game long? You are down by four points. You want to know what happened after Kirk Cousins gets picked off? Of course it does. It goes for a fucking pick six at midfield. It's like, how does this happen? How do you get a pick six at, at midfield? It was like the Peyton Hendershot interception from Dak Prescott or the Noah Brown interception against the Jacksonville Jaguars in overtime. It was not Kirk Cousins' fault. It was his receiver slash tight end's fault and DJ Hawkinson. It was absurd how catchable that pass was if he was a little bit more aggressive. But re in reality, I could forgive that pass, or not that pass, but that drop if he didn't freaking drop like two or three passes already in this game. And it's like, how the... Now, now I want to see the next drive from the Green Bay Packers. Now I'm curious. It's like they've come back from commercial break. The Packers are about to boot it away. I'm like, does Kevin Stefanski gather himself and freaking say, you know what? We're, hey, we're, just pull Justin Jefferson aside and say, hey, Justin, we're going to throw you the football like a bajillion times. We're going to throw, uh, like, the, the Vikings just had an awesome return as well. It's like nobody wants to play special teams. They had, like, an almost 40-yard return. This is going to be great field position for the Minnesota Vikings. It's like nobody wants to just play defense today or nobody wants to figure out how to get the ball just Jefferson. Oh, my goodness. Let me take a swig of my, my, my liquid death. Oh, my God. Oh, sweet Mary Joseph. Lord have mercy. Anyways. Oh, God. This is absurd.
It's first and ten. Let me see it. It's first and ten. Cousins is under center, and they, because he threw an interception and their offense is stagnated, they hand it off to Dalvin Cook to no avail. Now it is second and 11. Oh, God. It's at the 38-yard line of the Minnesota Vikings. I'm so annoyed. Already? How do you fuck this game up? My day was so fantastic. I'm not even mad that I picked the Vikings to win this game. I'm more annoyed with the way that the Vikings are just playing, where it's just like you guys aren't It's like watching the Saints win against the Eagles, or not even win against the Eagles. It was just like watching the, the Saints win against the Eagles and then almost lose the game because they just didn't want to throw the football to Chris Olave. And then Kirk Cousins, I don't even know who he's throwing the football to. He just skids the ball in the dirt on second and 11. It's like, how? Just an utter collapse by the Minnesota Vikings. Shout out to everybody that's like, you got to take them seriously because of the record. This is like, oh, is this a 12-3 and three team? I have no idea how they won 12 games. I, like, I, I don't know how they won 10 games. Their division is so weak, that's why. I mean, if technically not. I mean, some of their teams have come alive, right? Like the, the Green Bay Packers have come alive in the last couple of weeks, and so have the Detroit Lions. But I just, I, I don't understand it. Dalvin Cook is on the ground. Kirk Cousins is trying to scramble. He has an alleyway. I think he's got the first. Ugh. Dalvin Cook once again ends up on the ground. Kirk Cousins has to scramble for a first down, and he gets it, finally. Oh, my God. The pressure, not the pressure, the protection holds up for a long, long, long time in the game, and Kirk Cousins is able to scramble for a first. Now across midfield, the Vikings are at the 44-yard line of the Green Bay Packers. Cousins under center. Motions Adam Thielen. Play action. They're taking a shot. Nope, it's a screen play. Dalvin Cook, an offensive lineman, once again slips on the turf. Dalvin Cook gets 13 yards. Thank you very much. Thank you. Th that's what I wanted to see. That's what just some, it's some intelligence, you know, going on here. They just show, hey, we're going to run two go routes. No, we're not. We're screening it. 57, an offensive lineman trips and falls. God knows how. Tripped on freaking air like a seahorse. And fishtails. Cousins under center once again. He's killing the play. Let's see if Kirk Cousins has the intelligence to kill plays. Cousins drops back CBS's crappy freaking broadcast pause in the middle of the game. And so now I have to stand here, sit here like a donut as I watch for my freaking cable television to freaking figure it out. And the cable freaking fried! My cable box ran into a problem as I am watching Kirk Cousins freaking snap the ball. Wake up! Jesus Christ. I could literally, okay, so Kirk Cousins, the ball gets batted, I think, on second down. Uh, he tries to fit it. I, I saw the play. He tries to fit it into Justin Jefferson, and thank God that the ball gets batted on second down because it probably would have been another interception. They were doubling him up to begin with. You got to figure out some way to give the ball to, to Justin Jefferson. They're not playing man. They're playing zone. Like, I, I just don't understand it. Then a false start happens on third and six, so you know what's about to happen. You know what time it is. 
Maybe it's encroachment. Is it encroachment or a false start? Encroachment or a false start. Is my cable... Oh, no, it's the delay of game. I was like, is my cable about to freeze up? Yes, it is. Kind of. No, not really. Kirk wanted the football. He's clapping for it. The center is freaking standing there like a donut. I don't know what he's doing. Jesus Christ. You got to get the ball to Justin Jefferson somehow. Run some screens. Run some jet sweeps. You know, the Cowboys, they have no problem getting it to CD Lamb. They'll figure it out. They'll figure it out. Figure it out. Third and 11. Kirk Cousins. Deep drop back. Oh, God. It's just a check down. Give me out. Give me out. At the very least, you know, they put together a... I was about to say they put together a decent drive. I'm like, they kind of did. You know, they kind of did. Their special teams got them to the 40 almost. And then they took it all the way down to, it looks like, the 30-something of the... Um, what is it? Of the, uh, of the Packers. So they gained like 30 yards on that drive. So it's just like... Eh. Like, did they have a good drive? I, I don't know. I don't know. Let me take a seat. Oh, God. This team is so annoying. Did he miss it? Yeah. To add insult to freaking injury, the Vikings kicker just missed like, what was it, like a 40, 50-yard field goal? What was it? Greg Joseph? It's a 46, it's a 46 yard field goal. How do you miss a 46 yard field goal? It's a 46, it's a chip shot. Chip shot. Missed it. I don't get it. Uh, I, don't, I don't understand it. Oh God. Watching this game just makes me Sad. Makes me so sad. I don't even know where to begin. Early, with the early games. Let me, let me begin again. Talked about the Saints and the Eagles. I'll try and go fast here. Giants versus Colts happened exactly the way that you thought it would. Maybe not the, uh, the, score, maybe not the final score. 38-10 to 10 in favor of the Giants. But you expected the Giants to win. And they did. I still think Jeff Saturday is in play for the Colts. I think he's going to, at the very least, get an interview. I think that he is going to get the job. I think he is. A lot of people are making me feel insecure about my pick because they're like, well, he has this record in the NFL. And I, look, I, I don't think his record matters. I think Jim Mercer will create any excuse to get him into the, uh, into the office. And that's what I think. Moving on. Cardinals at Falcons. Falcons won barely 20 to 19, but you know, it's, the Falcons are eliminated from the playoffs and the Cardinals won't have Kyler Murray until October of this year. I can't say October of next year because remember, it's 2023 now. Patriots at Dolphins. I expected the Dolphins to win. They did not. I completely forgot that the Dolphins aren't very good without Tua. So, Dolphins lost. 23-21. Buccaneers won today against the Panthers, 30-24. to Tom Brady has this weird proclivity to play like crap for like two quarters, and then within five minutes, final five minutes of the game, he's just like, it's like uh, 2007 Tom Brady all over again. He's just, 
He's slinging and dang, he's he's wheeling and dealing out there. He's fucking slinging it all night long, or technically all afternoon long. It was ridiculous how awesome Tom Brady was in the second half. He was awesome versus how horrendous he was for the majority of the game. He was very very bad. Mike Evans had three touchdowns. He was awesome, but I didn't think that the that the Bucks were going to lose their division after I had made my swap, after I had admitted that I was going to be wrong about Atlanta. Atlanta, a couple of weeks ago, almost a month ago, really, <clears throat> I was just like, oh yeah, Atlanta's not going to the playoffs. And it's got to be the Bucks, but And it's looking more likely than not like it, do, that, like it will be the Bucks. But the Bucks, they gave the... Um, they, not the Bucks, the Panthers, excuse me. The Panthers gave the Bucks their best shot. I would... You have to ask the question, does Steve Wilkes become your head coach? And did Arizona make a mistake by firing Steve Wilkes? It kind of is starting to look like, yeah, maybe. In both regards. Like, yeah, maybe he not only gets the head coaching job in Carolina, but yeah, maybe the Arizona Cardinals made a huge mistake by firing him. I don't know. We'll see what happens. We'll see. Again, the fact that Carolina is still in the running. I get it, they're in a bad division. The fact that Carolina could potentially qualify for a home playoff game, a little bit ridiculous. A little bit ridiculous. But we'll see what happens here in the next couple of weeks. Oh, we got Christian. Aaron had Christian Watson down the left side, and he just missed him. But it looks like P.I., but what happens? And the Vikings are so bad. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. He gets interfered with. He turns on the check. God, I love Christian. I am so happy that I just, like, two guys. Shout out to my guys. I'm not a Packers fan. I'm a Cowboy fan. But goddamn, I love me some Christian Watt. And I always root for my guys. I always root for my guys. I always talk about it. I'm like, these guys are my guys. I always root for my guys. I root for Christian Watson. Oh, the Vikings. Vikings are just, they are so pathetic. They just keep on slipping and sliding on the freaking turf. 39 for the Vikings. God knows who that is. I don't. Just missed an easy tackle out in coverage against Alan Lazard on third down. Green Bay picks up another first down. It's like, goodness gracious. Aaron's not even playing that well. He's like two and five right now. Two for five. 15 yards. You're down by 11 points. It's three to 14. It's like, how are you playing this badly? Sorry. Anyways. Let me... I, I know I'm talking a lot about the Minnesota Vikings game. But let me talk about Washington versus the Commanders. So today, really this week, Ron Rivera made a, to me, a, a stunning announcement. The announcement was, was that the Washington Commanders were going to bench Taylor Heineke for what reason? I, I don't know. I don't know. But they were going to bench Taylor Heineke in favor of Carson Wentz. I, I don't, don't understand it. Like, yeah. 
Like, I don't understand it. The last game that he played in, and the reason why I don't understand it, is that the reason why they're going to bench him, allegedly, is because he didn't play well against the San Francisco 49ers. Which I feel like you have to be reasonable with that fact. Like he was 13 for 18 for 166 yards, two touchdowns, and an interception. Carson Wentz comes in later on in the game, and he throws 12 for 16 for 123 yards and a touchdown. It's like we're getting the exact same player, except your team believes more in Taylor Heineke than they do in Carson Wentz. And so he announces that Carson will play, which I thought was stupid. And Carson Wentz was absolutely unequivocally horrendous today because he is not a very good quarterback. He was 16 for 28 for 143 yards and three interceptions, zero touchdowns. He was terrible today. God awful. And it's like, I could like, I could have told you that this was going to end badly all week long. You know, I still picked Washington because I thought at the very least Taylor Heineke was going to come in and play inevitably. But no, they they stuck with Carson the entire game, which is insane to me because he was obviously not going to play well this game and they still stuck with him. It's like, dude, at some point you have to realize that you've made a mistake with Carson Wentz and that Carson Wentz is not that guy. He's not very good. And I'm shocked that they were so adamant. They were so poised. They were so like, yes, Carson Wentz is not our guy. Or excuse me, Carson Wentz is our guy. And we'll give him a full game to prove it. Well, he proved it. He proved that he's not your guy. And I, I think to myself about the, the, uh, the Washington Commanders versus the Giants about three weeks ago. Three weeks ago, Washington and the Giants, they tie. And it benefits both of them because it essentially, for the Giants in their case, they won nine games this year. They're nine, six, and one. It has completely and utterly benefited them as a football team to have that tie, right? Obviously, you would prefer them to have that win, but they have that tie. And it makes it so much easier for them to qualify for the playoffs because now a team, for example, like the Detroit Lions that has eight wins, eight losses, now it doesn't, now it doesn't matter what they do. Because it's not about wins, folks. It's about losses. If you have more losses than your opponent, regardless of ties or wins, you are at a lower ranking than your opponent if they have a tie and you don't. So the Giants, they have that tie. Even if the Lions win another game and the Giants lose the next game, it doesn't matter. Giants are still in. The Commanders, on the other hand, have lost three straight. Have been an absolute dumpster fire. Lost against the Giants. Lost against the Niners. And then today lost against the Browns. And have just completely and utterly embarrassed themselves for the final stretch of the season. I felt early on. What did they go early on in the regular season? They went after they beat Jacksonville. They went one, two, three, four. They went 0-4, and then they beat the Bears, and then they lost to the, they beat the Packers, 
And then they beat the, the Colts, and that's when they started their win streak. And then they lost to the Vikings. My point is, is that I, I thought that Ron Rivera should have been fired like almost two months ago. And I think today's decision to just stick with Kirk Cousins when he is obviously not playing well and when there are obviously better players on your football team kind of proves the whole, maybe we shouldn't have rolled with, did I say Kirk Cousins? I meant to say Carson Wentz, they're, but they're pretty much the exact same player. But that proves, once again, that yes, like maybe uh, you shouldn't roll with uh, with freaking Carson Wentz instead of Taylor Heineke. I'm not saying Taylor Heineke is a very good quarterback, but what I am saying is that Taylor Heineke is better than Carson Wentz, and that's very, very obvious. And so where does this leave Washington long-term? Well, let me show you. Headline, and by the way, there's going to be some, some moves that are going to be made here this offseason, quarterback-related, because guys, some big names that are going to be uh, moving on. For example, Jimmy Garoppolo, he's going to be moving on from the San Francisco 49ers. They feel confident with either Brock Purdy or Trey Lance. We'll see. Even more importantly than that, more importantly than Jimmy Garoppolo, Raiders are expected to get off of Derek Carr very, very soon. In about a month and a half. Essentially, right after the Super Bowl, they're going to start taking some phone calls. It's just, they're like, boom. Who wants Derek Carr? You can have him. I didn't know. I didn't think that they were going to move off of Derek Carr because the problem isn't Derek Carr. The problem is Josh McDaniels. And then another problem to consider is who the fuck is going to take over for the, not Minnesota Vikings, excuse me, for the Las Vegas Raiders, unless you're just going to trade a bunch of assets away. Like if you're going to trade away Devontae Adams, like that could be an interesting, you know, situation here. Long term. And it's like, if you're the Raiders and you're like, bro, we want a new quarterback, we want a young quarterback, or we want Jimmy Garoppolo, or I don't, I don't know what the plan is, but holy shit. It's, uh, we'll talk about it more on Tuesday, but the Raiders are apparently looking to move off of Derek Carr here in the next uh, couple of months. We'll see what happens. We'll see. We'll see. <clears throat> Anyways. Lions at Bears. Lions absolutely tore apart the Bears. It looks like the, uh, the Lions are starting to become an actual football team here. 41 to 10. Absolutely smoked the Bears. Utter disaster for Chicago. An embarrassment, but Chicago's used to being embarrassed, so, you know, it's nothing new. Broncos versus Chiefs. This is really, really interesting. Russell Wilson. <whistles> getting shit on for the last three months. Russell Wilson came back, and he had a decent game. He did not suck as much as he has sucked for the last couple of months after they fired their head coach, Nathaniel Hackett. So it's going to be interesting long-term because this is a glimmer of hope. This is a glimmer of light. This is hope. Almost beat Kansas City in Kansas City. Kansas City has to score 14 points in the fourth quarter after the Broncos' vaunted defense has been great all year long. They let up 14 points in the fourth quarter against the Chiefs. The first time that they've had a collapse like that ever. And it's like, okay. But there's hope now if you're a Bronco fan, I think. Because it's just like, oh, to some degree it was Nathaniel Hackett. To some degree. How much? We'll see. Apparently, Dan Quinn, once again, is being shopped and Sean Payton. 
if George Patton, the idiotic GM that made the trade for Russell Wilson and also signed up, signed off on the head coach and Nathaniel Hackett, and then also the, the trade of Vaughn Miller and also the trade of Bradley Chubb, both of those trades don't look very good now. But if George Patton, because apparently Dan Quinn and George Patton are boys, if I have to hear George Patton introduce Dan Quinn, I am going to freaking flip the fuck out. Because this moron has had literally two years of bad decisions at his freaking doorstep. Like dog crap in a brown paper bag, he has just had problem after problem at his doorstep. And if he hires Dan Quinn, who, by the way, in the last month of the NFL regular season, his defense has kind of fallen apart, not just because of injuries, but also because of scheme. He's not running any more creative concepts, stunts, and twists, and things of that nature. His defense has kind of been pretty vanilla. And it's up to their offense to win every single freaking game, unless if their offense doesn't score like 30, 40 points, then they will lose. Oh, you don't believe me? Oh, okay, like, uh, like, like, uh, freaking, the, the freaking, uh, what is it? The Eagles game. The Eagles game. A week ago. The Jacksonville Jaguars, where the, the Cowboys scored like 30 points, 34 points, and I think the Jags scored 40. The Texas game. The Texans game. The Colts game. Like, a lot of games over the month of December were decided by these small margins for the Cowboys, even though the margins for the Cowboys, when it came to their offense, were huge. They had, they scored like 30 points. It's like, you can't can't figure it out after your offense scores 30 points ridiculous but we will we will see what happens with dan quinn and more specifically the denver broncos and will denver sign him is that it not all the games jacksonville also beat the texans 31 to 3 god i'm so exhausted wow Rest of the games, 49ers at Raiders, Jets at Seattle, Vikings at Packers, Rams at Chargers. We will talk about here in the afternoon block, in the Sunday night block, as well as the Sunday night football game, bit of a snooze fest. Steelers at Ravens. I don't think Lamar is playing. I remember Chris Collinsworth and all these other old people were trying to hype up this game. It looks terrible. It looks terrible. Lamar's not playing. Tyler Huntley's playing. It's in Baltimore. It looks, I said it. I said, look, they should flex it out. They should get it out. It's terrible. It looks bad. Nobody wants to watch this game. I would have rather had Vikings versus the, uh, the Packers. That's my Sunday night football game. But hey, that's just me. Even though the Minnesota Vikings are getting clapped up and cheeked up by the freaking Green Bay Packers. 3-17. to 17. It's barely the start of the second quarter, by the way. Like 9 minutes, 48 seconds left. By the way, can I ask you a question? As somebody who loves a good murder mystery, just a good mystery in general, why are there so many cop shows on so many different networks? Like NCIS. Now it's like, for some weird reason, CBS is like, you know what? There's not, <laughs> There's not enough cop shows. So now we're going to have CBS's FBI. And then they're advertising. It's hard to tell when they're advertising new cop shows, but yes, this is a new cop show, CSI Vegas. They're like, there's not enough CISs, or CSIs. There's not enough of these. We gotta add in one more. We gotta add in another CSI. Like, oh my God. 
I'm going to watch Dairy Girls tonight, or I'm going to watch some something on HBO Max. I can't, you know what? I cannot wait. This is why HBO is so fuck, much fucking better than every other television network ever. HBO is like, bro, you know what we're going to have on January 15th that I cannot wait? You know what we're going to have? <laughs> we're going to have The Last of Us, the TV show, which looks awesome. We're going to have The Last of Us. The showrunner, by the way, said something stupid. Oh, my God. He said, so he said something that's, that's going to make me worry. He's going to say, he said something that made me worry. He said that with video games, like this is, this just shows the age of these showrunners. He said with video games, you insert a coin, you jump on a mushroom and then that's it. <laughs> the last of us, <laughs> the last of us changed that. I'm like, bro, you're missing like 30 years, not even 30 years. You're missing like, like literally a year or two of video game information. Like you didn't play like, like I'm, he's referring to Mario, right? And by the way, Mario wasn't even, not even, he's not even missing years upon years of information. It's like, dude, you know nothing about video games. It's like Mario wasn't an arcade game. It was a freaking NES game. Like what? Oh, God, old people really shouldn't talk about, like, it's, it's like um, somebody who's like 70 or 80 years old talking about TikTok. It's like, bro, you know nothing. Stop talking about it. Oh my God, is Jarrett Stedham is... I, for, I completely forgot that Jarrett Stidham is playing over Derek Carr. Jarrett Stidham is taking it to the freaking 49ers today. Just went up. Okay, maybe there's something there with Jarrett Stidham. Probably not. It's probably just one game, but see what happens. Hold on. I want to see Kirk Cousins. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Now I got to watch this next series. You have my undivided attention, Vikings. Minnesota. Just tried a running play with Dalvin Cook, and Dalvin Cook just got hit by an offensive lineman and didn't look good coming out. It was, uh, oh, goodness gracious. How is that not taunting for every single old person that's like, oh, taunting is bad for the game? Like, literally, Jair Alexander was doing the taunt, was doing the gritty. I mean, he was doing it away from Justin Jefferson, but it's still taunting, you know? It's why I'm like, don't police something that you can't control, you know? You can't control taunting. This is like, everybody's like, the game has to be pure. What is this, 1990? Not 90. What is 1937? The game's got to be pure. Loser. Jesus Christ. Like, can we not pretend that literally guys are running into other guys at huge freaking rates of speeds in tights in the freaking winter? Can we just stop pretending that this is a child-friendly program? It's so cringy when... Literally, guys are, like, having these violent collisions. Like, you want to know what I love about boxing? Boxing doesn't pretend that it's a child sport. It's just, like, our fighters will curse. Our fighters will fight. Our fighters will get bloody. We don't pretend like that's not a part of the game. Or technically, it's not even a game. It's a fight. We won't pretend like it's not a part of the fight. It's literally it's a fucking fight game. NFL's like, our players will bash each other's faces in. Our players will get bloody. Uh, but it's a child-friendly game. You can really have some family. I hate the phrase, family-friendly. I'm like, oh my. Jesus Christ. It's family-friendly. Family-friendly. I'm like, how about being, how about acting your age, you know? Jesus Christ. As the Vikings, they get a holding penalty. They're showing me Justin Jefferson and how he's been targeted twice. I would say that um, one, two of his targets were bad. It's like first and 25. They go to TJ Hawkinson again. Uh, he does get some yards here. 
in fairness to him. Damn, that trade looks more and more beneficial for the Detroit Lions every single day that passes. You want to know the thing about TJ Hawkinson? He's actually a good, he's actually a great route runner for a tight end. I see it. I see why Vikings are so interested. He just probably cannot block. I haven't seen him block. Yeah, I mean, Kirk Cousins just went to him again. Just straight up just went to him again. I mean, TJ Hawkinson can run routes. He just can't catch passes, and he definitely cannot block. He is he two sixty? I mean, he's he he's got to be like two forty, two fifty. He's not a big dude. Anyways, now I'm just watching the game. I want to watch this final series, and then I'm piecing out. I do want to learn what TJ Hawkinson like. They just that's probably his sixth target on the day, and I'm like. I don't understand how Kevin Stefanski is dropping the ball so hard with Justin Jefferson. They're not playing man. They're playing zone. Like, you should be able to figure out... Oh, my God. Oh, my God! The center snaps the ball when Kirk Cousins is away, and I'm like, I'm freaking out because I'm like, is that a fumble? But it looks like Minnesota called a timeout. Let me scoot my chair forward. Hold on. Give me two seconds. Two seconds. Wow, 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 wow. Minnesota. What a disgrace. Minnesota. Oh, gosh. Hmm. I'm watching this obnoxious commercial now. Wow, 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 wow. Hold on, let me look up TJ Hawkinson's weight. I'm interested to see what it actually is. Two seconds. TJ... Hawkinson. He's 6'5". What's his weight? 240. Yeah, he's 248. Third and four now. After a bunch of Hawkinson targets. Okay. Oh, God. Oh. They suplexed KJ Osborne. What is what I was... Which is what I was like ooing and awing. KJ Osborne on a stick route. I don't know how the Vikings play this this badly, honestly. Vikings play it as as terribly as you possibly can. The Vikings literally let not the Vikings, the Packers. The Packers play this as terribly as you possibly can. Packers literally have two guys in the vicinity the uh, the vicinity, KJ Osborne and Adam Thielen, and somehow, some way. The Packers' defense is just like, yeah, we're just not going to play that straight up. And then they suplex K.J. Osborne after the blown coverage. I don't know. Excuse me. I don't know what they're running. And literally, the Vikings were just like, yeah, we're just going to run some stick routes. And that was kind of it. K.J. Osborne is the first receiver of the day to get a reception. Now Justin Jefferson is, is matched up against Quay Walker and batted in the air interception. Uh, first, first time they get a good look. And I think Justin Jefferson is irate right now. He is irate because I think he just took off his helmet as he got to the sideline and shucked it as he should. Yeah. And Jair Alexander freaking pushed the shit out of him. Yeah, it was Justin Jefferson. If I'm Justin Jefferson, I, I would get the fuck out. I'll get the fuck out of this god-awful team, honestly. 
I mean, Justin slips and trips and falls, but it doesn't matter. The ball was the ball came out badly anyways. Oh my god. Oh god, that's so bad. Oh my goodness. Vikings are more likely than not gonna lose this game. They're such an embarrassment. I'm so annoyed with this football team. I'm peacing out for tonight. Or not for tonight. I'll, I'm peacing out for right now. I'll see you in a couple of hours. Hopefully, the other games are better than this. I'll see you tonight. 24th podcast.